Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are continuing with our study on communication, and we're using Dr. H. Norman Wright's book, Communication, Key to Your Marriage, as a basis for our discussion. When we closed last week's broadcast, we had just taken a look at what Dr. Wright says are the six messages that happen when you communicate with your spouse. He goes on to say that it would be so much easier if each of you spoke one another's language. Dr. Wright asks us to consider this definition of communication. It is the process of sharing yourself verbally and non-verbally with another person in such a way that both of you understand and accept what you say. The second part of the definition involves listening on the part of the receiver. Now, acceptance doesn't mean agreement, but the listener can accept that what you say is the way you see things, the way you believe or feel about something. It's your perspective. You know, everyone communicates. In fact, it's impossible to not communicate. Now, some people say the longer they are married, the less they need to talk about certain issues because they know each other so well. But could it be that the longer a couple is married, the more they learn what not to talk about? So let me ask you, is there any subject in your marriage relationship that needs to be talked about that isn't being talked about? Well, now for a few minutes, let's look at just the biblical teaching on communication. You know, Scripture is clear that our words have tremendous power. Our words can heal, support, and comfort, or they can wound. There are numerous books, programs, seminars, and articles available on communication. Guidelines on what to say, how to say it, and how not to say it. 17 better ways to say it, and so on. All the help you've ever wanted or haven't wanted is available. But what if we don't have any of these helps, not even one? What if we only had one resource to give us communication guidelines? And what if that one resource was the Bible, the Word of God? Would it be sufficient? Well, listen to James 3, 3-10 from the message. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. But with our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. 
With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings come out of the same mouth. As far as power is concerned, James compares the power of the tongue to the rudder of a ship. Comparatively speaking, a rudder is a small part of the ship, yet it can turn the ship in any direction and control its destiny. What a husband and wife say to one another can turn their marriage in different directions and in some cases cause them to wind up going in a vicious circle. Continuing to emphasize the tongue's potency, James compares it to a flame of fire. Now living here in Idaho, we know that huge forests can be leveled by one tiny spark. In the same way, a marriage can be damaged and or even set on fire by one remark or, more typically, by continually chopping and sniping away at each other. Words do spread like fire. Did you ever try to stop a rumor? Did you ever attempt to squelch an unkind story once it was told? It's impossible. Who can unsay words or wipe out what has been heard? James continues to bear down when he writes that man's ingenuity has succeeded in taming almost every kind of living creature, yet he has failed in taming his own tongue. To tame means to control and to render useful and beneficial. Man has not been able to do that with his tongue on any widespread basis. Each person must be responsible for his own tongue training program. Controlling the tongue needs to be a continuing aim for every husband and wife because everything that is said either helps or hinders, heals or scars, builds up or tears down. Remember, there are no neutral interactions between people, especially spouses. According to Scripture, the husband or wife who blurts out whatever he or she is thinking or feeling without considering the consequences is in a bad way indeed. Proverbs 29.20 reads, Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. 1 Peter 3.10 sums it up nicely. If you want a happy, good life, Keep control of your tongue and guard your lips. Control of your tongue is not easy to accomplish in your own strength. But if you depend on the Holy Spirit for teaching and guidance, you will have help and strength far beyond your own. Remember how good it feels when you have a building-up kind of conversation with your spouse? You concentrate on choosing words that are kind and appropriate for the time and purpose. And your spouse does the same. The result is that you encourage each other and create a rewarding situation for yourselves. Proverbs 15.11 describes the beauty of such a moment. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. If we put this last verse in everyday language, we would say something like this the right word at the right time, how good it is. Well, in the book of Job, we find a situation that perhaps most of us have experienced. Job had three friends who endlessly talked at him. Finally, in frustration, he cried out, 
How long will you vex and torment me and break me in pieces with your words? Well, perhaps all these verses are here to warn us. Be careful with your words. Guard your mouth. Now, here's an interesting thought. Your words come from your mind. You know, every day we carry on conversations with ourselves. That's, that's all right. It doesn't mean we are odd or on the verge of spacing out. It's normal to talk to oneself. But Dr. Wright wants us to be aware of three things. Most of your emotions, such as anger, depression, guilt, and worry, are initiated and escalated by your self-talk. The way you behave toward your spouse is determined by your self-talk and not by his or her behavior or thought life. What you say and how you say it is a direct expression of what you say to yourself. Self-talk is what you tell yourself. The words you say to yourself about yourself, your spouse, your experiences, the past, the future, and God. Here's something very important for us to remember. Self-talk, or your inner conversation, is not an emotion or feeling, and it is not an attitude. However, repetitious self-talk turns into attitudes, values, beliefs, and feelings. You know, many of your thoughts are automatic. You don't just sit around thinking about what you're going to do next. Thoughts slide into your consciousness so smoothly that you don't sense their entrance. Many of them are stimulated from past experience, attitudes, and beliefs. You build up storehouses of memories and experience, retaining and remembering those things you concentrate on most. The scriptures have much to say about thinking and our thought life. The words think, thought, and mind are used over 300 times in the Bible. Proverbs 23.7 says, As he thinks within himself, so he is. Often the scriptures refer to our heart as the source of our thoughts. Proverbs 15.28 from the Amplified Version reads as follows, The mind of the uncompromisingly righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. And Matthew 15.18 and 19 from the NIV reads like this, But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. You know, God knows the content of our thoughts. Proverbs 16.2 reads, All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits, the thoughts, and intents of the heart. So let me ask you, how are your thoughts? Do you see the connection between what's occurring inside you and what you say? It's something to become very aware of for the health of your marriage relationship. Now there is good news. Our thought life can come under the control of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 1.13 tells us to gird up our minds. This takes mental exertion, 
putting out of our minds anything that would hinder progress in our marriages. God's Word tells us what to concentrate on. Well, our time is gone for today. And as I close, I want to encourage you to attend one of the many Bible-believing and teaching churches here in the Treasure Valley. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you visit us. Our services at Cloverdale Church of God are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. And we're located at 3755 South Cloverdale Road. That's between Victory and Amity. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.